This is Season 3, Episode 2 of The Average Man's Adventures. We are continuing with the oral presentation of Once Upon a Rhyme, finishing Chapter 1 in this segment. Dad, are you coming? Turbo had found the hatch to the attic above the kitchen. Roger that. On the way. Oski stopped for one last breath of the past. He inhaled each face in the picture, each known by the nicknames Hollis had happily given all his players, such that they had become forever known by those instead of their real names. Oski had been Dylan before his days on the team, before some random Saturday morning practice when Hollis had christened him Oski. It was short for Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street, an ironic response to Oski's constant sweaty smile, which stayed on his face even when he strapped on catcher's gear in the dirt and wet grass at 7 o'clock in the morning. There was a backstory to all Hollis's assigned nicknames, and like with a good tattoo, it was the underlying meaning of a nickname that mattered and made it cool. Oski loved that photo even more than he had ever told Hollis, and even more than he had ever admitted to himself. He remembered the smiling, but rare was he the center stage ham as in the pick, arms spread and leaning back into the pile of ten other giggling faces. They had won some game, or knew they were about to, or had created a new comical memory, or knew they were about to. Even better were the two most recognizable faces directly behind Oski, faces ever so happy as they were catching him in an ST plunge, just with a Gatorade instead. Pookie and Dite had been Oski's best friends back then, and the threesome had formed the favorite nucleus of what became Hollis's best and favorite team. That team and that trio at its center had been Hollis's corner piece of cake, too. Hollis would have loved that bunch for its sweetness, and just because kids were the kryptonite his heart couldn't resist, that team was also his most skilled. In fact, that 10-11 year old group ransacked the countryside that summer, going from tourney to tourney and from town to town and even state to state every weekend, and winning so much that Hollis was later recognized as the National Youth Coach of the Year. Oski's eyes trailed upward from the pick to the display's centerpiece trophy, clearly Hollis's most treasured coaching memory, not because he cared about the silly piece of crystal on the shelf but because it was tangible recognition of how good that team, how good his kids had become. Oski's mind flashed to the fruits of that season and award, which had included a trip to ESPN and Disney World. From a 10-year-old's random images, there were Major League Hall of Famers in the room, autographs and pictures after dinner, and Hollis nervously throwing out the first pitch the next spring on opening day after which he would simply say he hoped he had made his family proud. Oski stepped back and wiped the tears, hoping for a full, full view of Hollis's history and much of his own childhood. Sure, they would gather all these items for storage as the house sold, but they'd never be displayed in this manner by Hollis's hand, and Oski longed to savor the memory, at least a few more seconds of it. Did you play with this, Dad? Turbo immediately found the portable wiffle ball batting practice machine Oski had honed his skills on in the backyard 30 years ago. You already know, my man. Most all this stuff was me and Grandpa every day after school, Oski boasted back. Turbo set about trying to get the electric machine to work in the old attic without electrical outlets, 
so he quickly resorted to tossing and swinging at the plastic balls manually, smacking them against the decaying attic walls. Oski found an old rocker in the corner by the lone window, and after a few swings of his own to clear some dust and cobwebs, he finally remembered the comfort of the chair his grandmother, Hollis's mom, had once used to rock him to sleep. Okay if I set this up? Turbo wanted to erect the old Little Tykes basketball goal, only about five feet high and ripe for a ten-year-old dunk contest. Just don't whine when I beat you. I owned that thing back in the day. Oski was kidding, but maybe not. Family competition never ended, even for a 40-year-old man against his 10-year-old in a stale, dusty attic. There was always fun to be had, especially since Oski had adopted Turbo two years earlier. The kidding and lightheartedness were rampant between the two of them. Turbo proceeded to perfect a few dunks, while Oski fingered through some boxes and stacks of books along the wall. He knew there would be time to thoroughly reminisce about his dad's life, but for now, with the realtor on the way, he would settle for a quick perusal while shuffling through a series of photos, saved newspaper articles, and heavily worn novels. Highlights included a few action shots of Hollis hugging or high-fiving Oski after big plays or wins, both during his Little League baseball days and later as a high school quarterback. There were headlines tracking Oski's All-State senior season, and there were several snaps of Oski's mom, Annie, screaming and smiling from the stands, complete with every bit of team gear her body could hold. She was always the loudest, yet endearingly so, and she would never be outdone in her arts, crafts, cowbells, and body paint as needed. Yes, moms in the stands competed too. At the back of the stack of frames was a portrait of Hollis in his judicial robe later in life, maybe around the age of 50, after Annie had died and his coaching days had ended. He had risen through the ranks as a prosecutor, and from his grin in the pick, he seemed content with the achievement. But even though the town had revered him as judge, he never quite rediscovered the color of life created from coaching. Maybe it was the combination of change and loss. Coaching, Annie, Oski, and the favorite crew growing up and moving on. But Hollis just seemed a little bit lost as his beard and then hair turned gray. Not sad and forever a friendly smile to everyone, but still a bit of a ghost of his former self a spirit anxious yet unable to find a comfortable place. Oski tried to dodge a couple of wistful thoughts, typical bee stings of any child who lost a parent. Did I visit and help him enough? He turned to admire Turbo's crashing reverse dunk which toppled the tattered plastic goal once again. Did he know he was loved? He averted his eyes to the window to spy a passing car. Did he know he was my hero? He rifled his way through a box of books. Hollis was scrupulous in thinning the herd of clutter each year, carting any extraneous clothing or books to goodwill, so only his true favorites remained. Mitch Alpham, the timekeeper, and Jeffrey Marks' A Season of Life were examples. As in those books, nothing appealed to Hollis more as a coach than the OCD addiction of soaking up every possible second of usefulness and capitalizing on the games to inject life lessons in his players. That's why you go. 
Hollis had been fond of saying. Every practice, every game, every opponent, every minute was an opportunity for something great to happen. So you had to constantly prepare and stay vigilant. And following Hollis's teachings, Oski turned over every book in the box. Finally hitting a leather-covered journal at the bottom, he failed to recognize. He unclasped the cover to find the following on the first page. Journal, page one. Limericks, like all of life, are built for smiles and laughs, but they've lessons built in from all your falls and gaffes. They can sting you, yet also soothe. They can still you, yet also move. You need both in your heart, held in two equal halves. Oski's melancholy shot to more sweet than bitter at that moment. Hands trembling, he managed to thumb the pages of what appeared to be a diary of limericks he had never seen. How had he never known his father was a poet? The sounds of Turbo's thunderous dunks went mute. Oski sat back down on the rocker and began to read, eagerly searching for and devouring any new part of his father he could possibly find. Suddenly full of hope that he could answer the most pressing question asked by a child when a parent departs. How can I hang on to them? Okay, you've got Oski in the attic with Turbo. They're waiting for the realtor to come. They've discovered the book Flimricks, and that's the end of chapter one. We'll pick up with chapter two in the very next segment. Talk to you soon.